0: in Euclid.
1: My lip got like split open.
0: The young girl injured, why the mayor of Tofino is involved and how the assault is rippling through the community.
2: The White Rock Lake fire inches closer. Now seeing where the fire actually is, is actually very scary. North Okanagan residents on edge as others in the interior go back home after dodging disaster.
0: And the B.C. Lions homecoming. A mixture of joy and apprehension as the crowd returns to BC Place for the first time in nearly two years.
3: You're
4: watching Global BC. This is Global
0: News Hour at 6.
2: Good evening and thanks for joining us. We begin tonight with disturbing details about an assault at a Vancouver Island school and allegations the investigation into the incident was tainted.
0: The victim is the daughter of Tofino's mayor and he says the situation is deteriorated so badly she may have to go to another school far from home.
5: My teeth are all in the cast right now. Inside, one tooth is fractured, another set back in place. The gums severely damaged, leaving roots exposed. So I'll need to get like a graft. But it's this scar that's now a constant reminder of what happened.
1: It's pretty frustrating. I can remember like the first emotion that I felt was like
6: just anger.
5: In April, Josephina Law was cleaning up the gym at Euclid Secondary School. She says two boys started throwing pickleball paddles and alleges one took direct aim at her face.
7: In the moment, I think it was just so shocking. I didn't really
8: feel anything, really.
5: The 14-year-old was first taken to Tofino Hospital and then the dentist. She later had reconstructive surgery on her lip. Her father, Dan Law, reached out to the school's principal to ask what happened. That's when he says his concern shifted from the students to the adults. He says the school administrator tasked by the principal to investigate is related to one of the boys involved. Law also says the same person has personal ties to the other boy's family.
1: So at that point, I, I realized that there, there you know, could be a, quite a, a serious conflict of interest.
5: Law understands the dangers of conflict of interest. He happens to be Tofino's mayor.
1: It's just something that has to be addressed.
5: Global News reached out to both boys' families, but did not receive a response. Law says the principal denied any issue with the process and would not disclose what disciplinary action, if any, was taken. But then other families started sharing their concerns. One wrote to the principal, our daughter was there and witnessed everything, and she is sure that it was not an accident. Another wrote, it sounds like a typical schoolyard incident, but one that quickly escalated and ended up with an act of violence.
3: The pack is concerned enough that we will be having uh, the... The topic of school safety, school culture on all of our agendas. It'll be a standing item, just to make sure that everybody is aware of uh, the interest of PAC and of parents about what happens uh, in the schools that we send our children to. Law
5: says he contacted the school district's superintendent to take over the investigation, but he alleges that independent investigation became a platform for victim blaming by the school administration.
1: You know, maybe it was the girls' fault, or maybe they were on Snapchat too much, or something like that. It was this kind of thing, and, and It just started to to fill me with dread.
5: Since the incident, law says nothing has changed at the school. The Parent Advisory Council agrees.
3: I think what we want to do is to engage with the school more often and around, um, specifically around school culture and the safety of school culture, uh, violence against women. We can try to make it uh, better for the future.
5: Law says he learned the boy that struck his daughter with the paddle originally received a three-day suspension. It was extended to six days after the district got involved, but the other boy faced no disciplinary action. In an email, Superintendent Greg Smythe said the district is aware of the family's concerns, but stated, We believe the investigation of the incident was conducted completely, thoroughly, and impartially, and have conveyed this to the family. The district refused further comment.
1: It's a public institution. It's supposed to keep our kids safe. It's supposed to educate them. And, uh, and the people that run those schools are examples to the kids.
5: With another school year just around the corner, Josefina says she no longer feels safe at Euclid Secondary and is considering moving out of district four hours from home.
9: Even if it does change,
1: I don't feel like I would want to go back into that environment.
5: That could mean the family has to move and the mayor of Tofino could find himself splitting his time away from the community he was elected to lead.
1: And that's a very difficult decision for a family and it has you know, long-lasting ramifications.
5: Kylie Stanton, Global News, Tofino.
2: Now to the wildfire situation in this province. Favorable conditions the past few days have allowed crews to get a better handle on a number of fires burning around the province. But while some progress is being made, officials say we are far from being in the clear. Ahmad Agahi has more on the current situation and a particularly devastating loss for one family. Ahmad.
10: Well, at 810 square kilometers and still classified as out of control, the White Rock Lake fire is still burning behind us, just west of Vernon. And today, local authorities are adding five more properties to a list of what's already almost 100 structures lost in this fire, leaving many British Columbians displaced, homeless, and in need of a lot of help. Eight-year-old Bella cannot be told by her grandparents about their evacuation. Yes. In her mind, Bye. this is a camping trip.
11: You going to trailer? You go camping?
10: Where the little girl called home and the safest place for her to be is in Vernon. But on Sunday, their property was completely burned by the White Rock Lake fire.
11: I do not blame our firefighters. I think the government has put our lives at harm and the fire departments, the, the guys and the firefighters and my granddaughter. Her
10: extremely rare condition means any sudden change to their environment can lead to life-threatening seizures, which is why they cannot stay at a hotel. There are currently more than 6,100 properties under evacuation order in the province as wildfire season continues to devastate families across many remote communities.
6: We understand uh, what a uh, what a traumatic time it is to uh, to lose uh, you know uh, a property or a home. Um, it it is it is devastating and we know that and it's incredibly emotional. Uh, but what I can also tell you is this: is that the uh, the men and women in the fire service are doing everything they can.
10: As the days go by, the gravity and uncertainty of the situation becomes clearer. Sandy Brandt says she and her husband worked hard to customize their home for Bella's fragile life. And now they've lost crucial equipment worth tens of thousands of dollars.
11: Where's Horgan? Where's Trudeau? Where are are they? What are they going to do for my granddaughter? Not me. It's my granddaughter. No. Sorry. And I want to be with back in my neighborhood, the people that care. Yeah.
10: Now, those damaged properties have been found to be in the areas of Killiney Beach and the Ewing's Landing area west of Okanagan Lake. But firefighters are now finding the fire to be most active just north of Fintry Park where they say drought-like conditions have been uh, problematic because the fuel in the forest is drying out again after the limited rain this area got earlier this week
2: all right thanks for that Ahmad.
0: well crews are converging on a new wildfire burning near homes north of ladysmith on vancouver island the flames were first spotted early this afternoon the fire is estimated to be small at this point only four hectares but it's growing and burning on mount hayes and it's also moving closer to a number of homes in the takala road area just west of highway 1 Ten firefighters, four helicopters, and a water bomber are on scene trying to contain that fire.
2: Concerns are also mounting for the wildfire crews who have been working full out for weeks and even months. More than 3,800 wildfire personnel and another 1,250 contractors have been on the front lines of the firefight firefight since the season began, doing a dangerous job with grueling conditions including extreme heat and smoke.
12: It's been a long summer for many of our firefighters and and staff supporting the efforts. Uh, With that increased fatigue, we're starting to see more uh, safety uh, concerns come forward. Uh, More slips, trips, falls, those types of events, as well as other serious occurrences are happening. It's something that we take serious and we want to monitor and make sure our staff are safe.
0: A huge relief for residents of Logan Lake returning home one week after they were forced to flee.
2: fire crews lining the road into town to welcome people back home. Last Thursday, the fast-moving Tremont Creek wildfire forced the community's more than 2,000 residents to leave as the entire town was threatened by the fire. After several days of cooler temperatures and a determined effort from firefighters, late this morning, the evacuation order was downgraded to an alert.
13: I thank everybody from the bottom of my heart for coming and saving our town and helping us hearing it was just near our doorstep it's yeah (laughs) it's good to be home and we can't thank you guys enough
14: it's been awesome to see just the community come together it's been great
2: the tremont creek fire remains out of control and residents are being told to be ready to leave again at a moment's notice
0: now another troubling uptick in covid19 infections here are the numbers for today we have 689 new cases which means we now have 5,982 active cases. 121 people are in hospital. That's up 14. 56 patients are in ICU. Sadly, two more people have died from complications of the virus. And now 74% of British Columbians, 12 and older, are fully vaccinated. Keith Baldry joins us now live from Victoria to explain why we're seeing such high case mm-hmm. counts still, Keith.
15: Yeah, a number of factors at play here, Chris. First of all, there is considerably more testing going on, particularly yesterday and today. Uh, we were at four or 5,000 a day just a few weeks ago. Now it's 12,000 a day. The Delta variant is more infectious, so it's out there in greater numbers. We're picking it up more. But there's also the, the fact there's still a heck of a lot of people who have yet to be vaccinated, and they're the people who are testing positive. Take a look at this. 792,956 people precisely, as of yesterday, have yet to receive one dose. Uh, the vaccination rate in these towns I'm showing here are by and large very high, but they're also very populated areas, and that means the number of people who have not been vaccinated is that much greater. Surrey with almost 85,000, Vancouver, 78,000, North Central Okanagan area, 63,000 people have yet to be vaccinated. Even Burnaby, where you and Sophie are 32,300 yet to be vaccinated with just one dose. Those are the people who are testing positive. By and large, it's mostly people in their 20s and 30s. That's what, upwards of 50 percent of the test cases every day. So a number of factors at play here which is we are going to see some high case numbers for some time yet uh, until we can bring that vaccination number up considerably higher than where it is right now. And again, it's going to vary from town to town, but I just showed you the numbers there, 792,000 people. We've got to get that number down considerably. All right, let's hope this coverage does it. Thanks very much, Keith.
2: Now, with back to school only a few weeks away, there's increasing pressure on B.C. schools to bring in mandatory vaccinations or COVID tests. As Richard Zussman reports, it's something being done elsewhere in Canada and the U.S.
13: Back to school worries.
16: Teachers felt the full responsibility of keeping everyone safe without all the tools to do so.
13: With school around the corner, teachers looking for those tools in K-12, the union asking for a province-wide mask mandate, a COVID-19 testing program, including asymptomatic testing, health and safety training, N95 or medical masks available for anyone who wants one, and vaccine clinics at schools.
16: We're in an uncertain situation right now with the Delta variant in particular, so we'd like to see those measures in place.
13: Anyone under 12, a majority of the K-12 students can't be vaccinated. Washington State has issued its back-to-school plan. It includes mandatory masks. It also includes all K-12 teachers and staff must be vaccinated against COVID. This also means bus drivers, coaches, and volunteers with exemptions for religious and medical reasons.
6: The province isn't ruling out mandates. The vast majority of people getting sick right now from a vicious virus are unvaccinated. And we need to deal with that.
13: Then there are post-secondary institutions where many are calling for mandatory shots, even with the logistical challenge.
3: Even the signal that institutions are willing to say this is so important to the health of a community that we're going to require it, that's enough to push the hesitancy into action.
13: The University of Victoria Faculty Association is calling for vaccine and mask mandates. They have turned over a petition to support it signed by more than 2,600 people. Most universities support stricter measures than are currently in place, but can't do anything without the province. The members are feeling very,
2: very, you know, very, very anxious, very, very concerned. And we don't have any answers. And we should have had these answers
6: weeks ago. The guidelines for this year will be uh, uh, are being updated with the circumstances. We make changes uh, uh, based on the circumstances and that's the work that is occurring now.
13: Those plans, both K-12 and post-secondary, are expected next week. Richard's Listman, Global News, Victoria.
0: BC Lions fans are in the building tonight for the season home opener. The first game night at BC Place in almost two years. And our Nitu Garcha is there with more on the return to play and the preparations to make it happen. A lot of work went into this Nitu.
11: Absolutely. And Chris, we've already seen families and fans of all ages making their way into BC Place. And surreal is the word we're hearing them use about being here for the seven o'clock kickoff against the Edmonton Elks. As we look over the balcony here from gate eight, you can see people already walking around the concourse buying 50, 50 tickets, some wearing masks, some not. The stadium roof is open tonight and there is a lot of excitement, but there's also some apprehension with some fans telling us they're a little nervous about being back in the stadium with so many others. Our cameras captured some of the prep inside the stadium as all game staff went through COVID-19 screening today. There's also a vaccine pop-up clinic outside the stadium and anyone can win free tickets to a future game if they roll up their sleeve to get a shot. The team's new owner had encouraged people to sell the stadium out for tonight's game. That would be just over 12,500 seats at half capacity. People here do not need to provide proof of vaccination. Masks are strongly recommended, and any purchase inside will be cashless. Here's more from Matt Baker with the BC Lions.
3: About the reduced capacity here for game one, and, you know, fans, I think, inside BC Place will be encouraged to not congregate, to kind of stay far apart in the concourse, Uh, go to the bathroom, go get your food and drink, and go back to your seat, basically. Uh, Try to control that as best we can, So, um, but it's definitely exciting. Uh, Any circumstances will do.
11: This is also expected to be a big boost for local businesses. And what a stark contrast to other parts of the province where new restrictions have been implemented amid rising COVID-19 cases. Yet, this is just the beginning of the return of live sports in the city. The Vancouver Whitecaps are set for, to have their first home game since last March this Saturday. Chris?
0: All right, me too. Thanks very much. Good luck to the Lions tonight.
11: Vancouver struggles to stop the coyote
2: problem in Stanley Park. A number of visitors to the park have been chomped despite warnings and nighttime closures. What's next to keep people safe in just over a minute? Don't let it hit the ground. An
0: exercise demonstrating the skill, the science and the engineering it takes to be a tow truck driver. Coming up on the news hour.
2: And reviving a relic of BC's past. How the PNE is bringing the massive Challenger map back to life later.
0: Right now though, Vancouver's coyote problem. Conservation officers keep telling people to stay out of Stanley Park, but people are still getting attacked. Now some want to crack down on humans who don't get the message.
2: As Aaron MacArthur reports, one Vancouver lawyer is surprised no one has sued the city over the problem.
7: Some trails are closed, but that doesn't stop everyone. People continue to bypass the barricades and use the park when they're not supposed to. Another two people bitten by coyotes in Stanley Park this week, researchers and conservation officers, taking to science to help stop the attacks.
11: The COS is doing everything
10: they can. Um, They're trying to compare compare bite indentations um, and the size of them to identify the individual.
7: That science being aided by trail cameras placed throughout the park. Researchers hoping to get an estimate of just how many coyotes live in the park and identify any specific individuals which might be responsible for the bites. The cameras have all been either vandalized or stolen.
10: It's... It's very disappointing and frustrating. Um, I, I don't know what the motivation would be necessarily.
7: Six coyotes have been euthanized by conservation officers, and the attacks have continued. The Stanley Park Ecology Center believes people feeding wildlife is the biggest issue. Most of the garbage cans in Stanley Park are unsecured, not animal proof. And there's no explicit bylaw in the city prohibiting people feeding wild animals. Animal rights lawyers say this has opened up the city of Vancouver to liability around these attacks.
16: I'm really surprised sitting here today that no one to date has sued the city of Vancouver or the the park board yet.
7: As with any wildlife encounter, people tend to bear the brunt of the responsibility to better manage the conflict. Without park users taking the warnings more seriously, it will be some time before this highly unusual situation returns to normal. Aaron MacArthur, Global News.
2: Up next, a good time to sell your car. There are not a lot of good used vehicles available right now. What's driving up prices for used vehicles, leaving lots empty? And this is no
0: ordinary kitten. Why the group nursing a baby bobcat back to health needs your help.
16: Traffic is steady in both directions over here at the Vitello Bridge tonight. with Just some minor delays southbound on McBride on the approach. Through a new charitable partnership between Kermat Cares for Kids and Surrey Memorial Hospital, when you choose Kermat Collision and Auto Glass, you also support the Surrey Memorial Children's Health Center. I'm Trish Jewison in Global One at the Vitello Bridge.
0: Well, if you are in the market for a used vehicle, prepare to pay more. Many used cars and trucks are in very short supply.
2: With more on what's driving the trend and how long it's expected to last, let's bring in our Consumer Matters reporter, Andrew. And
14: Thanks, Sophie. From the ongoing global microchip shortage to demand for vehicles across the border, there are many factors impacting the used car market right now, which means be prepared the next time you go car shopping. Susan Reno was in the market for a used vehicle, but the Nanaimo resident says finding one wasn't easy. The search was incredibly difficult. There are not a lot of good used vehicles available right now. And those that are, are snapped up very quickly.
10: New reality. Be prepared that this is what you will see for the next five six months at least
14: at carter gm north shore sales manager yuri kolvachuk says this used vehicle section of the lot normally would have 85 vehicles for sale today there's only 22 the cars leave just as quickly as they arrive
10: before you can easily um, go on the or any other auctions and and purchase the used cars for the inventory now it's tough because nothing is available
14: a global semiconductor chip shortage along with part shortages and pandemic lockdowns at production plants have all impacted the supply of new vehicles, forcing buyers to hang on to their old set of wheels as they wait for their cars to be built. That's meant a lack of supply of used vehicles on the market. Also adding to the shortage, a demand for vehicles south of the border.
6: There's a real desire on the part of brokers and others down there to buy up Canadian vehicles uh, that they can get using big U.S. dollars. Uh, And for people on this side, well... profitable business.
14: It's a perfect storm, which is why consumers can expect to pay more for a used vehicle, with prices soaring by as much as 20 percent. And don't expect much wiggle room when it comes to getting a deal.
10: There is no such a thing as to get on a huge discount. There is some room, some negotiation here and there, but please don't expect to get thousands of dollars off. But it's not all bad news. Let's the opposite way. If you are a seller, this is a good time for you to sell. So if you have a a fleet of the vehicles that's sitting at home and you're not really using them, well, this is a good time to sell for you. It's a good time because you can get good money for it.
14: Back on Vancouver Island, Susan Reno says she almost gave up a couple of times in her search for a used vehicle, eventually finding one even though it cost her more than she had expected. I was really surprised at how difficult it was and how expensive used cars are right now. And again, we are told to expect this trend to last for at least six months, perhaps more. As for what models are really in short supplies, use SUVs and pickup trucks simply because they are in very high demand. We are told you'll have better luck if you're in the market for a used sedan where prices have increased about 10 to 12% compared to 20% on average for SUVs and trucks. And if you have a consumer issue for me, you can email me at consumermatters at globalnews.ca.
2: All right. Thanks for that, Anne. Tow truck drivers are learning to deal with extreme situations today in North Vancouver.
10: Go seven feet in the air, so foot higher than my head? Unless the numbers get higher, which they're not.
0: Hoisting cars into the air is just one of the advanced rescue techniques being taught. It's used in real-life situations to get vehicles off a steep, rocky embankment or possibly out of water. That's just one of the skills particularly useful on B.C.'s mountain highways, and it's the first time this advanced training course has been offered in Canada.
10: This technique of what we did here today is what we call clotheslining, and it would be used maybe when something like the vehicle was in a pond and they didn't want to have the environment damaged or on some sharp rocks over an embankment. They may need to lift that vehicle up, and trolley it across to save the environment.
0: As you might imagine, this training doesn't come cheap. Tuition runs more than $2,100 for the five-day course.
2: Coming up, the Canadian airlift out of Afghanistan and predictions about what kind of country will be left behind.
0: Also tonight, a prime piece of Kelowna real estate offered up by the city and what they hope becomes of it.
16: Traffic is steady in both directions over here tonight at the Alex Fraser Bridge with just some minor congestion and delays eastbound on the east-west connector between Knight and the S-Curve. Want to be the ultimate content creator? Talk with expert photographers and creators at your local Henry's about the best gear for streaming, podcasting, and video content. Visit henrys.com. I'm Trish Lewis in Global One at the Alex Fraser Bridge.
0: On the campaign trail, party leaders vying for Canada's top job are pitching voters on top-of-mind issues, housing and health care. But concern about abortion rights and the ongoing situation in Afghanistan are knocking them off message. Global's Matthew Bingley has more.
12: Liberal leader Justin Trudeau beginning his announcement in Victoria by breaking news on Afghanistan.
9: I can confirm that Canadian Armed Forces' assets and personnel have arrived on the ground to coordinate at the tactical level with the U.S. and with our allied partners.
12: Trudeau grilled by reporters over his assertion that Afghan refugees are being held up because they can't get to the airport.
9: I am sure uh, that uh, we are uh, able to do even more and we will continue uh, to work to reduce those barriers.
12: The Liberal leader on his second day in British Columbia is pitching a plan to spend $9 billion to improve long-term care homes and increase pay for personal support workers. Once again, anti-vaxxers and anti-maskers showed up at Trudeau's event. Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole returned to Ottawa pitching his plan to build more affordable housing and crack down on foreign ownership.
6: To do that, we're going to release... Some property of the federal government, 15% of of federal holdings for supply.
12: But his party's stance on conscience rights for health care workers became the headline as O'Toole was pressed on whether it could be extended to abortion access.
6: I think we can also defend conscience rights for our incredible men and women on the front lines in our health care system. As a pro-choice leader of this party, I will make sure that we defend the rights of women to make the choice for themselves with respect to their own health.
12: The Liberals quick to jump on the issue, despite some of their members previously showing support for conscience rights.
15: Hey everybody!
12: NDP leader Jagmeet Singh travelled to Alberta to pledge $250 million for a new critical shortage fund to hire nurses and hoping to capitalise on voter discontent with the provincial government.
15: We spoke with frontline health care workers and they are hurting. These are the workers
13: that were that we considered heroes, yeah. that were on the front lines fighting for us. Yeah. But Jason Kenney turned his back on them.
12: Matthew Bingley, Global News.
2: Well, days after the United States began a hastily organized withdrawal from Afghanistan, the Taliban has made exiting the country difficult for both foreigners and locals.
0: We have seen violence on the streets, near the airport and across several cities with U.S. President Biden now admitting American troops may remain on the ground beyond the planned August 31st deadline.
3: Kabul's airport is now the most sought-after place in Afghanistan, a refuge for so many who fear retribution or a return to the past. This woman says this country is ours. We will save it by all means. The planned exit of the Americans has raised safety concerns for civilians, some desperately handing off their children to get them
9: processed. Getting out would be messy no matter when it occurred.
3: The White House denies any wrongdoing, but isn't answering how many people need airlifting or visas processed. None of that was even discussed or planned for um, in the run-up. To the pull out of the troops. Multiple nations are now scrambling to get citizens out, including Canada. CF-17s are now making regular trips to Kabul once again.
9: This will help get Canadians, Afghan nationals, and their families to safety.
3: With more entry points now available, 5,500 US troops are assisting with thousands of departures and might have to stay if the operation remains slow paced. But getting to the airport is an issue, especially for those outside the city.
7: It's obvious we're not close to where we want to be in terms of getting the numbers through.
3: While the Taliban has promised safe passage, gunfire and harassment of Afghans has occurred, though experts say it's in the interest of this de facto government to allow people to leave.
1: Their goal has always been to get Western forces out of Afghanistan. And do you want to give them an excuse to
3: come back. This renewed violence came as Afghans gathered to celebrate Independence Day, something the country has never truly been granted, frequently caught in a tyrannical grip.
9: Do they want to be recognized by the international community as being a legitimate government? They care about whether or not they can hold together the society that they, in fact, say they care so much about. I'm not counting on any of that.
3: Two decades later, the Taliban says it's modernized, although it's done little, to build any trust. Reggie Chikini, Global News, Washington.
2: A COVID-19 outbreak has been declared at the Heritage Village Long-Term Care Facility in Chilliwack. Fraser Health says one resident and three staff members are now in self-isolation. And twice a day health screening all staff and residents is now being done. The outbreak also leading to a restriction on non-essential visits and enhanced cleaning and infection control measures. Outbreaks have now been declared at 11 long-term care facilities around the province.
0: BC's summer tradition returns. Just ahead, how the PNE plans to bring the crowds back during the COVID pandemic.
2: And Tucker, the baby bobcat, the organization taking care of him hopes you won't be able to say no to that face.
0: You're watching Global News Hour at 6.
2: Langley's Critter Care Wildlife Society has an unusual and impossibly adorable new patient.
0: Meet Tucker. He might look like a kitten now, but he's going to grow up to be a bobcat. He was found orphaned by the side of the road in Grand Forks in early July. He was barely alive, weighing less than one and a half pounds. But Critter Care volunteers worked around the clock, and he's expected to make a full recovery. Critter Care says it's going to have to build a new enclosure for Tucker and is asking for donations to help with his new home and care. But wow, is he cute.
2: We were debating whether we should just run that 20 seconds of video over and over again
0: on a loop for the duration of the news hour.
2: But- I thought maybe
0: <laughs> this is so cute.
2: All right, let's bring in meteorologist Christy Gordon yeah. with a look at that forecast. Definitely a change uh, in the last
8: few days, Christina. Welcome, one at that. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. So conditions really uh, a lot better, although we had gusty winds in some areas and through the interior today, which didn't help things much, but certainly the air quality index better and overall the trend in the next little while is uh, much better as well. And I'm going to show you, but first let's start off with the air quality health index. So we were at a low level right across Southern BC today and even into the uh, Caribou central interior regions as well. So welcome relief, although tomorrow we're expecting some haze to return as the winds will become a little bit more light. Now, overall the long-term trend shows below seasonal values in terms of daytime high, using Kelowna as an example. But that's really the case right across southern BC. So some good news for the forest fire fight. When you have those cooler conditions, you don't get as much burning. Now, tomorrow we're going to see cloud and showers push into the south coast. You can see it here on the map, but that shifts into the interior regions as we head into the afternoon and evening hours. So this is more good news for that region. Now, there are going to be embedded thunderstorms in this, but despite the fact that we will see the potential for lightning and a little bit of gusty winds around those thunderstorms. Widespread cloud cover and isolated showers with the cooler conditions certainly will help things mainly south of Kamloops. North of Kamloops really it's only a slight chance but certainly those southern regions could get some improvement. Uh, but throughout the day tomorrow we're going to see variable winds. They should be fairly light. We may see some gusts but they're really only talking about gusts potentially up to 20 kilometers an hour. Now for the northern regions no rain in the forecast very slight chance of showers in through the Caribou. It's mainly Kamloops south that we will see the cloud and showers and cooler conditions. South Coast will also be impacted by that, mostly through the morning hours, although Fraser Valley, northeastern Metro Vancouver, so that's Maple Ridge, Pit Meadows, you'll likely see the showers continue on and off in the afternoon hours. Your weekend not looking too bad. We'll see some sunny breaks. Chance of showers mainly Saturday evening into Sunday morning. And tonight's central window's weather window is from English Bay. Thank you to Mikul for that one. Beautiful shot Mm. with the uh, sailboat there just in the sun's rays. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. In the sun there.
0: Thanks, Christy. The perfect angle. Mm-hmm. All right, the P&E will be smaller this year, but as they say, the show must go on. There will be super dogs,
2: let's hope foot-long hot dogs, <laughs> and rides too. Of course, but the shoulder-to-shoulder crowds will be missing this year as organizers approach their annual extravaganza with COVID safety in mind. Katherine Urquhart reports.
16: At the P&E Fairgrounds, a flurry of activity Saturday is opening day super Very fun cuz you can watch like the dog show
6: and stuff so and there's extra yeah. rides like yeah a yeah, lot yeah. more rides uh, the games open up so
16: you can win prizes Jimmy's lunch has been at the PNE since 1929 the founder's grandson says they're excited about serving up their famous fried onions what does it mean to you to be able to open up
1: Oh, it means everything. It's fantastic to keep the tradition going.
16: Also returning to the 111th fair... The Superdogs, Lumberjack Show, Toon City, and a section of the famous Challenger map, which has been stored away for years. Part of it is displayed inside the livestock building, and plans are underway to have the entire map restored and moved on site permanently. This year's fair will be different, COVID safety protocols mean mandatory masks for staff and recommended masks for guests. Tickets must be pre-booked as the PNE will be at just 20% capacity.
14: It's not going to be a financial windfall. Uh, you know, we're, this kind of affair is going to be break-even, uh, but that's okay. We're happy to be doing it. Uh, and we are working still with the federal and the provincial government to close all the gaps through programs that are available
16: uh, to make sure that, that the PNE comes out of this in a very financially stable way. For so many people, the PNE is an annual celebration of summer. And after COVID kept it closed last year, it's no surprise that this year's fair is highly anticipated.
14: Really excited. It's nice
11: that everything's kind of going back to normal and, you know, it's fun to get the kids out and have some fun this summer for sure. Katherine Urquhart, Global News.
2: Things are Love starting to get back to normal.
9: Yeah, so, you know, nature is healing in a certain way.
2: But we have to get those case numbers back down.
9: Sure. I know, but it's still cruel and unusual to keep us away from mini donuts. That's true. that's true.
2: True. You know? we'll get them back this year, Squire.
9: Yeah, I know, we'll get them back. They come in buckets now, which is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The Peony,
2: so, the Lions.
9: Well, yes, and the Whitecaps on Saturday. So, yeah, the Lions, of course, are at BC Place tonight. There will be fans, something we haven't seen since 2019. They're playing the Elks, and they're going to allow about 12,500. There, of course, is inside BC Place. This is earlier tonight. People getting ready to welcome the Lions fans back inside BC Place.
2: Also coming up tonight, Kelowna is selling off some prime real estate. What it's worth and what they want the buyer to do with it. You might actually be able to hear cheering from the open roof of BC Place tonight.
9: Ready to roar for the Lions down there, Squire. Yeah, Lions tonight, Whitecaps Saturday. The Lions finally back home. First time since 2019, and they'll face the Edmonton Elks. The Lions are 1-1. One and, one. and really, outside of that bad first half and the opening game against Saskatchewan, BC has looked very good, especially on defense. Should mention that uh, Jimmy Camacho will be their kicker tonight. He was in the Arena Football League in 2019. Now, for all the players, but especially those who were here before the pandemic hit, getting to play back in their own house this evening will have them very jacked up.
6: Man, it's unreal. It's unreal. I mean, it's just, it feels like a dream, you know? Starting the season off, getting back uh, in Mosaic was amazing. It was an amazing atmosphere. And then going to McMahon and Calgary was, was awesome, but Man, BC Place is special. Uh, I can't believe we're going to be back there for the first time in almost two years. Um, Such an awesome feeling. I really can't wait. Can't wait to see fans in the stands.
9: Johnson, For the first time since 2006, the NHL's number one pick will not play right away. Owen Power is going back to the University of Michigan, which will be a powerhouse this coming season. Probably smart to avoid the Sabres for at least a year. Although he was part of Team Canada's World Championship win this year alongside NHLers, and he did not look out of place in that tournament. And the Arizona Coyotes are getting kicked out of their house after this coming season. The Gila River Arena has said they are opting out of their deal with the Coyotes, meaning, unless this is some sort of negotiating ploy, Arizona has to move to a different arena in 2022. Now, there are a couple of older arenas in Phoenix, but they aren't that great. But I hear there's a really nice arena in Quebec City. Maybe they should try there. Uh, Northern Trust open, the first FedEx playoff tournament from New Jersey, not far from the Statue of Liberty. John Rom from 220 yards away. And this will land when all is said and done, about a foot away from the cup. He can kick that one in for a bird. Co-leader at eight under 63, Justin Thomas from the rough at 18. He also shot eight under 63. Now we talked to um, Roger Sloan earlier this week. He's in this event. He had a rough day, shot a plus eight. Uh, Adam Hadwin, plus four. Top Canadian Mackenzie Hughes at four under. He's actually tied for fourth right now. The Fraser Valley Bandits did not have a great regular season, but you can erase all of that with a good playoff run. And that's what they are on right now. They'll start the final four of the Canadian Elite Basketball League tomorrow afternoon against Niagara River. There's
7: Campbell, a little side adjustment, gets it at Gilbeck, look out!
15: Get out of the way! They may have been a 500-basketball club in the regular season, but this is the Fraser Valley Bandits team general manager Kyle Julius envisioned when he built this season's roster. Bandits running and gunning their way to the Canadian Elite Basketball League's Final Four Championship Tournament, by winning big in their first ever home playoff game
6: you know no, no one was happy uh jay with our seven and seven record i think we could have done better and we we wanted to do better but i told the group the other day for me they erased that with that playoff victory you know they they played well enough to earn a home playoff game and that, that was a big big deal and pro sports to be able to play playoffs at home is huge right and and then they won that game and so for me I think it was a huge step. It was what a, one of those franchise wins. Now we're back to, you know, championship weekend. We're back in the final four. And I think we're one of these top teams in the league now. So I'm, I'm grateful to be a part of it.
15: Due to the contends regular season schedule, Julius went all in on recruiting and signing straight out ballers. He wanted guys who could run off the transition and attack the rim every time they're down the court. It's a style that led to their 20 point home playoff victory and a fast break that has them once again a game away from playing for the CEBL championship.
6: Yeah, now that we're in, I think we've got a tremendous opportunity ahead of us. I think I, I love the team that we put together. I think they're versatile and I think they're tough. And uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to see us in a one and done right now.
9: All right, Seattle Mariners had a weird game today against Texas. They were up 7-2, then it was 7-7 after the ninth, but in the 11th, Ty France hit a two-run homer, and uh, Seattle won this game 9-8. So they're now three out in the wild card race. The Blue Jays are four and a half out. Blue Jays did not play today. They had the day off. There you go. Nice. All right, thanks very much, Squire.
2: For sale by the city, the two prime properties Kelowna is looking to unload next.
0: Well, after decades of sitting empty, the city of Kelowna is finally selling off two lots considered gateway properties to the city.
2: Global's Travis Lowe explains why they're being sold together and the hope for redevelopment.
9: The city is listing for sale two properties uh, along Highway 97 downtown that I think uh, most people would agree have been sort of eyesores.
4: Call it a strategically supersized real estate offer from the
15: city of Kelowna. The combined price is uh, a little over $11 million for the two properties. One that
4: has both city staff and Kelowna's mayor
15: extremely excited. We're really looking forward to them being redeveloped. I think that there can be some great synergy between the two properties and we're hopeful that uh, the development community will come back to us with some fantastic ideas. The
4: developer combo meal includes the long empty former McDonald's site at 1746 Water Street along with the old Husky gas station location at 380 Harvey Avenue.
9: We're selling the properties jointly and hoping that we can have uh, some really unique development.
4: Located a block east of the William R. Bennett Bridge, both lots are considered gateway properties to the city, and the hope is to inspire developers to design something befitting of the prized locations
15: some great architecture some some uh, real signature pieces that uh, when you come across that bridge people can now see that that you've really arrived in Kelowna the city
4: completed the purchase of the controversial McDonald's site last year for two million dollars throw in 4.15 million for the Husky gas station lot and the city is looking at a net gain of just over five million dollars
15: a significant financial return in terms of our uh, return on investment which will allow us to continue to to take on initiatives like this, which um, help us shape our community in a positive way moving forward.
4: Development proposals for the two properties will be considered by the city of Kelowna for the next three months before choosing the best offer. Travis Lowe, Global News, Kelowna.
2: We're all imagining sitting in traffic on (laughs) RV (laughs) slash 97.
0: Can we just talk about how bad the traffic is in Kelowna this summer? If you're you're there well you know well we feel for you yeah those
9: of you who have to sit in it if you go there in the summer and let's say you got a golf time you got to leave a little bit earlier just a little bit all right uh quick word on the weather before we go christy
8: sure so tomorrow is definitely going to be cloudier and cooler we are expecting a few showers those should ease for western and southern regions by the afternoon but likely continuing along the mountains and through the fraser valley
0: All right, let's hope it helps firefighters, too. Thanks for all your work out there, and thanks for watching. Have a good night.
2: Good night, all.